0: You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Looking to be the guy backing up for Steve, or <laughs> not Steve, but Luke Taster. Look at that. <laughs> K <Okay>, Rod. <laughs> And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra with Brazilian Ty. Ty's just getting back uh, to BC after a week at home. Ty, I assume it was a productive week at home. <laughs> Define productive. <laughs>
1: How are you feeling? Tired. Uh, it was a long day today. Uh, Alarm was set for 6 I was up at 4.30 On the road by 10 after 5-ish But I gained an hour Coming back to camp So that's nice But Right uh, right, I had a a couple nights On my days off Get away from me One one would say So (laughs) You know It's nice to come back to work And get some rest
0: Yeah yeah, Go to work and get some rest Yeah (laughs) Uh, This episode of 2 and Out is brought to you by the Alberta Association of Optometrists, proudly celebrating a century of caring for Albertans. It happens. Parents can easily miss their child's eye problems. Issues can occur in only one eye, making them difficult to notice. The earlier an eye health or vision problem is identified, the more likely it can be corrected. The ICI Learn program provides an eye exam and free glasses if needed for kindergarten age children. 25% of kids begin first grade with an undiagnosed eye problem. To book your child's eye exam, please visit optometrists.ab.ca. The Alberta Association of Optometrists represents almost 800 doctors of optometry in over 80 communities across the province. Members are highly trained, regulated health professionals who provide primary eye health and vision care to Albertans. Learn more at optometrists. .ab.ca. in the huddle
1: with Karan Ty on the two and out podcast
0: all right Ty it seems like uh, this might be uh, a podcast that we could just throw over to the turf district fellas and gal uh, because holy man the elks uh, are making news not all of it positive let's start with well I guess something that just happened Sunday. We got news. Middle of the afternoon, that thirteen-year veteran to the Edmonton Football Club, Calvin McCarty, is now a Calgary Stampeder. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is Marty Jannetty right through the glass at the barber shop from Sean Michaels. Like, hundred <laughs> percent. This is
1: yeah. This is nuts. I, I don't get it. Um, it, it, I, it, what a what a heel turn.
0: No, no kidding. Like I get it from Calgary's yeah. perspective. Their longtime fullback, Charlie Power, he uh, went down during the wet mm-hmm. red and white scrimmage on Saturday. It looked like a non-contact injury. But and I've been thinking,
1: I've been thinking this the whole time when we were going over rosters. I'm like, these guys that retired, they didn't really retire yet.
0: Well, and another example of that is Derek Dennis. Well, yeah. and he no. never once said he did retire. No. He never did say that. He said he was going to take the year off. And it it turns out, just judging by what he is saying, is that he wants to play. He just doesn't really want to play for Edmonton. So here's how I see it. Oh, here is what happened. He signed with Edmonton in January. Maybe he thought this was going to be his chance to be a starting left tackle for Trevor Harris make some good coin with the Edmonton Football Club. Well, Edmonton ends up signing Sir Vincent Rogers. Later, uh, they work some playtime bonuses into Dennis's contract. Maybe he says, well, (laughs) you know, unless Rogers or O'Donnell go down, there's the Canadians on the interior, maybe there's not really a spot for me to play Mm -hmm. and meet those playtime bonuses to make the cash. I want to go somewhere else to play. So here we are. It's kind of a sticky situation. <laughs> and he said he was opting out anyways, and now he wants to play. Like
1: I I get it like you know, everybody has the right to change their mind, but once he says he opts out or that he doesn't he's not going to play this year and then you know the elk's don't really have to worry if they have Rodgers and O'Donnell. Like you said like it's not that going to be that big of an issue. And now he's making it an issue having your cake and eating it too you said you weren't going to play so now you want to be traded or released so that you can play like what'd you sign the contract for then
0: kind of an interesting uh thing here with calvin mccarty too because we thought he was done and if i look at edmonton's point of view um they've got tanner green the young fullback Mm -hmm. they drafted he's from alberta from lacombe and i I think they're pretty high on him so they thought hey well you know what we're 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 gonna move out, move on with our without our longtime guy, and then he comes back and goes to Calgary. Well, but I mean, like, <laughs> don't
1: trade Dennis, and like if he opted out, does he still get paid? Right. Like, why why would you release him or trade him now? And it's like, well, we have you under contract for this year. Why would we trade you or release you so you can go play against us?
0: Well, and and who really knows what else is going on behind it's, the scenes? It's always um, something.
1: On that Twitter account, it seems.
0: (laughs) Uh, Because the Elks also released Kenny Stafford, a part of their. For the 800th time. (laughs) First round of cuts. Final cut down day, by the way, is this Friday. Mm -hmm. But what was interesting is that they said it was because of cultural. He wasn't a cultural fit in the locker room. That's a pretty. I don't know, man. You can read between the lines there and say, well, they... I think they just kind of called him an a-hole. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> like, I've been told that I don't fit into the culture of a room before. I get it. <laughs> and that does that can't feel good as a player, you know, no. to see that in the media. So no, and, and
1: and they can read between the lines. Everybody else knows what they mean when they say that something. I'm guessing something might have happened because I don't. Probably I don't see them yeah.
0: just you know cutting him for no reason.
1: I mean he st- he can still play.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, as far as I, uh, positive news goes, the Elks have signed their D coordinator and assistant head coach Noel Thorpe mm-hmm. through uh, 2022. Uh, I have really liked Noel Thorpe and his defenses. Sometimes I feel like he's been on teams, especially in Montreal, where <laughs> the offense didn't do the defense yes. any favors, and they were on the on the field forty-five pretty hard, minutes. Pretty a hard game. to
1: keep an offense out of the end zone <laughs> when they start at your thirty-five.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what he can get done in Edmonton. I think with. A good team. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll say that. I, I think the Elks are going to be a pretty good team this coming season. I think that covers it for Edmonton. A lot going on there right now. Uh, let's go to Winnipeg here, where they end up uh, signing kicker Tyler Kripina. Um Darvin Adams is banged up, but here's the thing. Andrew Harris is also banged up. and I'm
1: guessing they probably have a remedy for that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So first it was he left practice for an appointment. Then it was, eh, he's going to miss a couple weeks. Then it was, oh, he ends up taking part a little bit, catching some balls through walkthrough, early practice, pulls up limping and looks very upset. I mean, is the guy that the offense runs through... Mm -hmm. Going to be uh, missing a few weeks or a, a game here to start the season.
1: Well, well and you know, without him in in their offensive scheme, it completely changes their their game plan. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if Kolaros is the guy that is going to succeed without Andrew Harris in the backfield.
0: I'm really excited to see what Kolaros brings to the table this year because if we remember in Hamilton, the year he got hurt, Mm-hmm. He was looking like he's going to be the MOP. He's
1: also not the same quarterback he was then, though, either. That's true.
0: Let's see what a year and a half off does yeah. for him. But uh, he kind of put the team on his back at, at points during Winnipeg's Grey Cup run. Um, if Harris misses, he's going to have to do that again. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but he doesn't have He doesn't have the... somebody in Chris Trevler where they can kind of split right. snaps. Right. And like even when Stravler was in the yeah. game, you knew what was going to happen, they st- and teams still couldn't
0: stop it. Right, exactly. So uh, Exactly. They also made a trade uh, to acquire defensive back Alden Darby from the Argonauts for an offensive lineman in Terry Poole. They just
1: better hope that they don't have to play the Argos too many times because
0: I think it's been proven <laughs> that that could go poorly. Maybe the Argos did see enough at training camp (laughs) with those receivers and saying uh, Winnipeg, (laughs) you can deal with them. But Richie Hall has been able to put players in positions uh, to succeed in the past, and uh, he probably will be able to do that as well. And he might be a good addition to that defense in Winnipeg. All right, we're going to preview the East Division here right now and do a little bit of a deep dive. And, Ty, this is an exercise as much maybe for somebody listening as it is for me, trying to you know juggle up those memories of what happened in 2019. What are these teams building off of to go into this year? Because it has felt like... You know, seven or eight years since mm-hmm. <laughs> there has been CFL football. So, I mean, do we even really need to look at 2019 or are these teams essentially building from scratch? But if you look, a lot of the cores of the teams are still around, not really. A- many of them have been you know turned upside down there's there has been a lot of roster turnover there will be a lot of new names that we're going to have to learn and get used to as the season gets underway with, but especially
1: with two draft classes in one
0: th- yeah that too um the cores of the nine teams for the most part they're, they're still intact and I, and I think that really rings true mm. for the hamilton tiger cats who went 15 and 3 in uh, 2019 they only lost the one game inside their division lost in the Grey Cup but what really stood out to me is the defense that year they lost uh, in the Grey Cup but they had the least points against mm-hmm. in the entire CFL that defense was firing in all cylinders in 2019
1: tie oh and and you have guys like you know Andelique in in the secondary and Delvin Delvin Bro was basically you know Revis Island uh 2.0 like you yeah. know scared to throw over there right uh they're basically their whole defensive line Jager Davis Julian Hauser Taylor Dylan Dilwin they're back uh you know they lose they lose a couple guys at to, uh, on the defensive line that i mean they didn't i mean with the rotations and everything that you do now probably pretty big parts but i mean they can be replaced uh you know, they lose some like they lose one linebacker to, to another team and you know the other two are Justin Tuggle and Lucas Coral that are are free agents but I mean you, you're still bringing back Simone Lawrence who's basically the heartbeat of that defense and I, I just don't see where this team really lost a whole lot on on that defensive side of the ball
0: they ended up losing a few defensive backs and yeah. Rico Murray and Richard Leonard and Bro that you mentioned, but they were able to bring in Sionte Evans as well yeah. coming over from Montreal. So they're able to...
1: And Jamal Jamal Roll, Mike Daly, and Frankie Williams are still there.
0: Yeah, they are. They are. They, they still got tons of talent yeah. in that area. And even if you look at the offensive linemen, that they've lost because just recently Mm -hmm. Mike Filer ends up retiring. Uh, They lose Riker Matthews as well. But I mean, they've, they've drafted very, very well. Uh, Darius Siraco drafted in the first round in 2018. Looks like he'll just be able to step into that center job. I mean, they, they, they drafted so well on the offensive line uh, and they've been able to, build that Canadian talent up to a point where, yeah, they they have guys able to just step in, even if guys did leave to retire or, you know, free agency.
1: Well, and they still have Van Zyl and Revenberg, who were two huge pieces on that offensive line. You know, and yeah. I think Riker Matthews kind of becomes the odd guy out with Siraco being able to, to come in, uh, just, you know, money-wise. Because, I mean, Filer was still there. And now that father retires, maybe they might have been able to keep Riker Matthews. Who knows? But, you know, BC obviously wanted help on the on the offensive line. So it was kind of easy pickings when a guy like that comes up. Um, the only issue with me on the offensive side of the ball for them is at receiver. They lose Mike Jones, Luke Tasker, Josh Crockett, and Brian Jones. They have Braylon Addison and Brandon Banks still. I mean, don't get me wrong. To you know, they they can break games open, but you know, they're... Marcus Tucker's gonna have to step up as that third option and you know open up space for those guys too.
0: Yeah, and they they still I mean they drafted uh, as far as offensive line goes, uh, Jesse Gibbon. Mm -hmm. I think he was their second pick uh, on the offensive line in the 2019 draft. He's still there, so they've still got a good mix of veterans and young players. And and
1: you got to think Gibbon and Sirocco are gonna be you know they're gonna be cheap talent.
0: Yeah. If yeah. they can contribute. Uh, Van Zyl coming off being the most outstanding offensive lineman, he's got a hand injury right now. Um, it, it does appear that he'll be able to play with it, maybe with a, a cast. To me, there's nothing more badass than watching an offensive lineman club people with a cast.
1: That, that, <laughs> that The refs allegedly checked before the game, but he probably put a different one on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I look at that receiving core for Hamilton, and Jalen Acklin had a nice year mm-hmm. behind Addison and Banks because they they sort of had a, a lot of guys there that are you know under six feet. They can run like the wind.
1: I totally I totally forgot about
0: him, Jalen Acklin. Yeah, he he's still there. And at the at the end of the year. Marcus Tucker did start to uh, show up a little bit. Uh, DeVere Posey is now in Hamilton. Uh, I think Jalen Marshall had a a game here and there towards the end of 2019. And, of course, they drafted David Ungerer, who was there looking to be the guy backing up for Steve, or (laughs) not Steve, but Luke (laughs) Tasker. Look at that. Look at that. (laughs) Rod. I knew it. Uh so we'll see if Ungerer gets to step in and he's got the right passport there. I I feel like with Tommy Condell, there's still gonna be mm-hmm. just a flying offense this year. And I I I just
1: the only the biggest question for me is gonna be Masoli. Are we right. are we gonna get, you know, that before the before the injury, or is that the Masoli we're gonna get or is he not gonna be quite the same? I mean, D- Dan Evans proved he can do the job, but I mean, Jeremiah Masoli was, yeah, MOP candidate, and it, it it wasn't even close, really.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, yeah. if he comes back at one hundred percent, I just I don't see this team not being in the in the Great Cup.
0: It's how it always happens, though. You know, <laughs> you'll get these one and one A, one yeah. B, or whatever it is, uh, and then if a guy struggles. Then that's when the conversation yes. really starts to ramp up. <laughs> you don't, you don't Can we, nobody Jeff?
1: comes into camp with the quarterback controversy. It takes something to happen for that to start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm also interested to watch the running back mm-hmm. position in Hamilton. I I know that they bring in Don Jackson. But remember early on in 2019, Sean Thomas Erlington he got the yep. shot to start the season, and he was doing great, and it gave him a lot of flexibility as a Canadian. Yep. And through the three games, he got hurt early in the fourth. He had 193 yards receiving and 224 yards rushing. I mean, if you want to talk a 1,000, a 1,000, Sean Thomas Erlington looked like he might have been the guy yep. to be able to do it that year and had that unfortunate injury. I, I, they've got a lot of weapons in the backfield as well, and you
1: know Sean Thomas Arlington. I I think that he probably gets a shot at the starting job again. I don't see why he wouldn't, but at the same time, I mean, if you have him and Don Jackson, you don't have to go heavy on one guy. This isn't Andrew Harris and Brady Olivier or Oliveira. Sorry, like these are two guys that have proven that they can both start. Now, granted, I mean, pretty small sample size for uh, Sean Thomas Erlington, but if he puts up the numbers he did you know, to start the year again and they have an insurance policy in Don Jackson or you know, they need to spell him off, it's not a huge drop-off like a lot of other teams are going to have at that position.
0: And just another one of those examples where Hamilton drafted well. He was mm-hmm. an eighth-round pick in 2017 and uh, started off 2019 doing very well. I'm rooting for him and hopefully he can do the same in 2021. Let's go to Montreal now where they finished 10 and 8, second in the East Division in 2019. Now, here's the thing. We talk about a lot of uh, Vernon Adams finally, you know, going into the season having a full training camp as the starting guy. Well, this is also Kahari Jones' mm-hmm. first full training camp as the head coach. <laughs> like, if you remember, I almost forgot about all this stuff. It was like five days before the season. And we
1: thought they were done. In
0: 2019. <laughs> yeah. Because Cavis Reed was still the GM at that time. Yep. They end up firing Mike Sherman. And it was like, oh, here we go in Montreal. Mm-hmm. What a mess. Not only that,
1: you had the ownership stuff hanging over their head. And, like, it just nothing seemed to be going right, you know, at training camp in week one last year for Montreal, coming into week one. Like, it it was a dumpster fire.
0: I remember questioning the decision to put Kahari Jones in it, head coach. It, I mean, his... Th- that offense was really struggling mm-hmm. up until well basically when he took over. Yep. And then he takes over.
1: It's almost like somebody who know who's played the game and knows the rules in this league actually made the team better. Yeah. at head coach.
0: It, it's yeah, that that was a big thing. Big thing. It it's just like you know, Mike not Mike Sherman but Kahari Jones and uh Vernon Adams Jr. it's like they found themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, becoming this pair that ended up being one of the funnest teams to watch in the entire CFL. That was awesome. And,
1: you know, and they had a personality. Like, yeah. not only was the gameplay, but, like, the stuff between, um, you know, Vernon Adams Jr. and Kahari on the sidelines and, and just the way that that team, it just seemed like they really gelled once they fired Mike Sherman. And and it made it, <laughs> it, it didn't they, though? They seemed like a completely different team. Like, it went from it did. being a laughing stock basically, and we didn't know what to expect coming out of training camp. We didn't expect them to improve much because of Mike Sherman. And Kahari Jones comes in, and this team took a to, to complete 180. And, you know, some of the funner football games to watch in, in that season.
0: This is a team that really needs to improve the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the only playoff team from 2019 to give up more points than they scored. <laughs>
1: playing three games against uh, uh, Hamilton will do that, though too.
0: Yeah, that that's very very fair. <laughs> uh, they're out. They're without their veteran leader. Uh, on the defensive line, John Bowman's no longer with mm-hmm. the team, but I mean, I mean, in comes Armando Sewell and Nick usher, so I think they're gonna be okay on the d line
1: and and you have junior Luke there to spell guys off too because he's I don't think he starts, but i mean yeah they they added they added two you know bona fide guys on the defensive line and another and a guy for depth like I, I see nothing wrong on the defensive line with what
0: they've done. And they ended up losing uh, the safety. You know Tyrell's favorite. Yep. Taylor Loffler. He's coming back. He- Poor one out. He's coming back. He's going to come out of retirement. Who's he going to sign with?
1: I mean, Mike Edom can't play forever.
0: <laughs> you just want that green and white <laughs> Loffler. I know you do. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it does appear that Ty Cranston has the inside track at the starting safety job mm-hmm. for Montreal, um, but they've got the new defensive coordinator in Baron Miles, and yep. CFL fans know a little something about that name. He knows what it takes yep. to play in the CFL, and I'm going to guess that he and Kahari know a thing or two about each other as well. So I would assume. That coaching staff, I I just feel like they're going to be so uh, tightly knit and the defense is going to have to uh, improve. If they want to improve on, I mean, 10 and (laughs) 4, it would be pretty tough to do uh, as far as this season goes. But they did end up losing some guys on the back end as well. Seante Evans, a big one, ended up going to Hamilton. Patrick Levels is still there greg reed is still there uh maybe the secondary might be just an area where there might be some weakness in there they need some time to come together or you know what there could be just some new guys that uh, we don't know yet no cfl experience that uh, end up showing us that we're a bunch of, or at least me i'm <laughs> a big old <laughs> idiot when it comes to that
1: well i mean they bring in Don Termanson from and, and you know anybody who comes from Calgary obviously has done something right
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah there's absolutely o- there's obviously
1: a reason that he was on the opening day roster and uh, you guys Taikuan Glass and Money Hunter come in i mean they're not the you know they're not going to be the best defensive backfield but i mean if these guys can play well off of each other and and everybody can kind of find a spot and get and get into you know the routine and, and, you know, learn the new playbook with the new guys coming in. It could be a little tough, but I, I can see this DB core being a, I don't want to say better because, it, you know, I mean, Sante Evans, Taylor Loff, those are pretty big names to lose, but I can see these guys, it's kind of like a money ball situation where, you know, you don't just want to replace one guy with one guy. You got to do it by committee.
0: And uh, losing Hinoch Mwamba to Toronto, that's mm-hmm. a big one as well. They still got the Canadian Chris Aki there. So the linebacking core taking Taking a hit there, Montreal might be a team. That... They also
1: brought in DJ LeLama, though. That's it's not a that's not a terrible pickup.
0: There's a, there's another Canadian guy that they have that they'll be able to use. But that offense is one that I'm uh, looking forward to watch. Y- yeah, if Vernon Adams and Eugene Lewis. That might be if if you want to put a fantasy lineup down, those guys, they'll be able to score points. I didn't even realize this because Vernon Adams, he supplies you with the rushing Mm -hmm. as well. He hit almost 400 yards rushing in 2019, but he also punched in 12 touchdowns on the ground. (laughs) If he does that again, he's going to be a pick every week, no? Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean – (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're looking at a, a receiving core right now that has Rashawn Rashawn Simonis in it. Which, as a Canadian, you're gonna you need one of them. I mean, that, it's nothing to shake a stick at, right? Uh, Naaman Roosevelt if he can go back to what he was, and then you got Quan Bray, BJ. Like, I mean, the list is. I mean, these guys aren't world beaters, but we haven't seen them really a whole heck of a lot because you know. Whether it was BJ getting hurt in August, or you know Bray, we expected bigger things with the start he had. But I mean, he could be a thousand yard guy. Naaman has, can probably be thousand Like I mean, they're gonna have to. There be a lot of ball sharing uh, in that in that wide receiver core if they want to <laughs> if they want to get enough guys. If they want to, like, this is a, this is a core that could have three guys at a thousand yards. They could. And yep. and then in an eighteen in an eighteen game season for sure, I think in a fourteen we maybe see two, and then I mean in the in the backfield you still have William stand back. So I mean you got another weapon back there who can catch and run. So I mean like this offense could put up some gaudy numbers, but as long and the defense is just gonna have to keep up.
0: Yeah, exactly that. B.J. Cunningham broke his wrist about halfway through Mm -hmm. 2019. He comes back in healthy. Jake Wieneke was scoring touchdowns. Mario Alford, if I remember correctly, he was returning kicks uh, toward the end of uh, 2019. So (laughs) he'll be able to do some stuff. I I think they're just going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, In 2019 or 2021, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It looks like they've got uh, the kicking situation, too, uh, in Montreal. I know you're a big fan of the punting game. They got an Australian punter, Joe Zima, with an inside inside track on the starting job. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a global pick. This is with Boris Beattie ended up going into Toronto. It's only a matter if they want to go with two kickers, right? And this year... Little bit smaller rosters might be a bit of a roster squeeze to get him in there, but uh, the global thing there's a bit of incentive there if he can kick well, and yes. he's got that going for him. Maybe we see the Australian guy kicking balls for Montreal if he
1: is not going to cost you football games. Then I mean that's a pretty easy, pretty easy decision, I think, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and mm-hmm. I mean the only guy that's really going to cost you games is on the offensive line, but we won't get into that.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. uh, <laughs> never one to mince words brazilian tie uh no i mean
1: like you said he's a global pick do they want two kickers uh probably not but if that's what they have to do to get you know their numbers and everything and then if it works and they're winning football games then i don't see a reason not to do it now that could all change in week 3 with injuries and they got to shuffle stuff around, but I mean.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Toronto. Ugh. 4 and 14. Third place <laughs> in uh, oh, 2019. Like it could it can't get much worse. Well, that's true. That they they cannot lose well they could lose 14 games, but it would not it, well, that would be <laughs> close <laughs> would, to
1: would impossible. Fans, would fans start throwing waffles on the field? <laughs> or sorry, would the would the fan start throwing waffles on the field?
0: The fan. <laughs> Before I said, well, you know most cores of teams are still intact this is not one of them um
1: not even close the
0: it's completely different team that we're gonna see on the field in toronto and if you just look at the signings uh chris edwards the db odell willis on defensive line john white at running back cadero law at uh, defensive line, Nick Arbuckle, quarterback, Eric Rogers, Jawan Breskison, receivers, Arjun Colhoun, defensive back, Ricky Collins Jr., uh, receiver, defensive lineman, Charleston Hughes, linebacker, Cameron Judge, offensive lineman, Philip Blake and Darius Bladek, defensive lineman, Drake Nevis, offensive lineman Cody Speller, linebacker Nicholas Shorthill. Uh Rodney Smith just got cut by Edmonton. He ends up uh going into Toronto. Oh yeah, Henok Moamba, uh at linebacker mm-hmm. as well. I mean, <laughs> so out of the 46
1: guys they had on their opening day depth chart, 35 are gone. <laughs> That's just that's well no it's even less than that now because
0: Darby's gone. (laughs) Wow! Like they tore this roster up and down. It's completely. Don't don't forget it could get worse if
1: McLeod Bethel Thompson isn't their starter.
0: That's true. That's another one.
1: Like this is a complete. This is the biggest teardown I've ever seen. And I mean, at four and fourteen, it makes sense. And, you know, Ryan Dinwiddie coming in first year kind of wants his own mark on the team. I get that. But holy, like, this is nuts.
0: (laughs) It's nuts. If I had to bet, I think that McLeod Bethel-Thompson starts off as the starter. What do you think? That would be
1: my assumption because he's got the biggest sample size to go off of, Uh, you know, and if Arbuckle isn't at a hundred percent here. We know he tweaked his hamstring. Uh, yeah. Then I, I just don't see how you start Pipkin over McLeod Bethel Thompson with what
0: McLeod's done. Uh, Pipkin's not going to start, no. but he's still, he's still only 24 and they're, they're working on mechanics and stuff, yeah. but he does give them, you know, depth anyway. Yeah,
1: see, And like, he seems to be carving out a role, right? Like he's, 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 yeah. he's a part of the team for sure. Um, and But at the same time, if Arbuckle's healthy, there's no argument saying that McLeod thompson has uh, chemistry with these guys. It's the only guy coming back is Levi Noel. Yeah. Armonty Edwards, yeah. gone. SJ and- Green, gone. Darrell Walker, gone. Jimmy Ralph, gone. Charette, gone. Sibasu, gone. Like This is a completely different football team. And we said it can't get worse, but it might. A lot of these guys are not young. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at the additions.
0: Well, and that's where, and that's where Arbuckle has the advantage a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Because he he knows Dinwiddie's terminology. Yes. He knows the system. He's got uh, chemistry with the receivers that he's worked with uh, in Calgary before. Mm-hmm. Um, but McLeod Bethel Thompson. He somehow, and it's maybe my favorite stat from 2019. You know, led the CFL in passing touchdowns, and it it just seemed that everybody was
1: at the same time getting hurt. At the same time, when you're down by 30, you have to throw the ball.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that, that is a big thing. There probably was a lot of garbage time happening there as well. I mean, they did lose a game on a missed field goal, and Chris Rainey stepping out of the back of the end. Like they lost in every possible mm-hmm. way in, in uh, 2019. But this is his third head coach, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, and yeah. his third offensive coordinator. Who
1: it, Are we talking about McLeod Bethel-Thompson or Taylor Hall?
0: <laughs> like, hopefully... They can finally get some stability there. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win if you're just changing. And I, I know your hands get forced to fire guys when you know you start a season 0 and eight, 0 and nine, and things don't look like they're going to get any better. Mm-hmm. But stability has to happen in the front office. Like, do you think you if have Calgary to try to model if Calgary
1: starts a year yeah. 0 and four, are they firing Dickinson? No. No. I think Dickinson can go 0-18 and, and still keep his job.
0: <laughs> okay, that, that's a fascinating conversation. <laughs> It'll never happen, but it could happen. Right, right. <laughs> but that's it. Huffnagel and Dickinson, they've been together for how long? And mm-hmm. that's what this franchise does. That's what that, And if they can build something here with Dinwiddie and, and the crew in Toronto, they can finally start to get some stability there. And I think that that translates off the field as well. Yeah, like if, if, you, you can't if you have constant have turnover,
1: it, like, I mean, it's really hard to get a locker room, some locker room cohesion. Yeah. It's tough to get guys to want to come there. You know, it's tough to get guys to want to stay. It, it, just, it makes it so hard to build a winning football team.
0: We've got the final cutdown day coming up here on Friday. There are some new names in Toronto that maybe we'll be watching this year. Uh, there's the wide receiver from Nickel State, Damien Jean Pierre from Louisiana. Just a burner on the field. And it's really hard to think that <laughs> a receiver with no CFL experience will be able to make it onto that roster and uh, and start, but maybe he carves out a spot on the practice roster. Maybe he does return kicks or something and get onto there. Brandon but Banks. There's going to be new names. We, yeah. How many times do we say, like, <laughs> how is
1: Brandon Banks not getting the ball more? Like, you know, when he's returning kicks, he's making stuff happen, right? And yeah. if he's going to get a five-yard five yard uh buffer like i mean it's not just hit he's not just waving fair catch every time so he's gonna get a chance if if they're gonna if they want to use him and see i mean that it's a good place to start and if he can make stuff happen there it won't take long for him to to carve out a spot on the offense if you know somebody goes down i don't think he takes anybody's job right now with the names that are in that receiving core
0: but uh this is football and stuff does happen Boris Beattie is in as the kicker in Toronto, and they've also got a defensive lineman with super a Super Bowl pedigree. Shane Ray, I think he got a ring with the Denver Broncos, has been uh, playing well, has mm. a great attitude on the defensive line, and that just brings me to the entire front seven yeah. for the Toronto Argonauts. I mean, if you just look at three of the vets on that D line, Charleston Hughes, Cordero Law, and Drake Nevis. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah. Um I just <laughs> <laughs> where is all of the like come week one? Who's it gone? Because there's no way that this receiver core and that front seven, there's no there's there's no way you keep them all under the salary cap.
0: I just, I, there's no way. It's a fair question. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there might be some surprises on Friday. We'll we'll see what happens. "Quote
1: unquote." Like, I mean, th- we'll be surprised because it's a big name. But it's like, well, yeah, like they're they're probably three million over yeah, the salary yeah. cap right now.
0: <laughs> and then you just look at the brat backers. Yeah. He knocked Moama Cameron Judge, Dexter McCoyle, Bear Woods. I mean, with the injury issues Bear Woods has had in his career, mm-hmm. m- maybe maybe he's on the outside looking in. Dexter McCoyle just coming back from the NFL. I don't think he comes cheap. Judge and Mowamba both Canadian, they're not cheap. No.
1: <laughs> that
0: that front seven
1: it might only be a front four by the time friday
0: rolls around <laughs> they might be the most expensive front seven in the cfl no probably probably the oldest d-line too but w- what a what what a fascinating team to look at I they, mean, they, they look got, so
1: good on paper so good but you just yeah. know there's so many changes coming in a week
0: we'll see what happens with the defensive back group uh, there is some Canadian yeah. talent there. Arjun Colhoun, yep. former uh, Edmonton player Chris Edwards. I mean, Mr. 15 Yards yep. there. I didn't even and, have to uh... say
1: that one. Yeah, <laughs> Read my mind. <laughs> uh,
0: and I, I want to see if John White can stay healthy at running back. He looks like he comes into this year. He's healthy. He's ready to go. He's always been one of those guys. If he can if he can put a full season on the field he could mm-hmm. be you know the leading rusher one of the most exciting guys yep. uh, to watch in the CFL and they also got some talent both from Saskatchewan with Bladeck and Blake both of those guys played next to each other that's big on the offensive line don't don't undersell Cody Speller you're right you're right yeah that was stupid of me shame on me um <laughs> <laughs> because anybody who plays and had a room on the uh, Winnipeg offensive line yeah. they're an all right player aren't
1: they yeah i would i would assume i mean when you're <laughs> when your running backs all hopped up on the goods on on gear it's pretty easy to look good, but I'd like to think that his offensive line <laughs> opened the holes for him
0: <laughs> i I'm just excited to watch the argos i i yeah. want to see what I want to see either do, if they come, it's together. either going to
1: be unreal or it's going to be a, an absolute car wreck that you can't look away from. <laughs> I don't see them going seven and seven. I see them going like, you know,
0: two and 12 or like 10 and four. Okay. Well, where do you have the Ottawa Red Blacks? Three wins. Oh, and 14. oh no wins. No wins. Wow. Three wins in 2019. Last in the, the Eastern Division. They're going to hurt a lot of wide receivers,
1: but I, I just don't know how they win a game.
0: You know, that's right. They have, they're have they they're a team that's also very, very physical. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they've they got Mike Benavides coming back yep. uh, as a coach. And like I said, look at the, the front seven in Ottawa. Cleon Lang, Stefan Charles. Charles uh, was drafted by Edmonton in 2013, Bounced around the NFL a little bit, came up uh, to Edmonton in 2019. Didn't play a game, but the linebackers too: Avery Williams, Micah Alway, and Don Unamba. Yeah, there there is some talent in that front seven in Ottawa.
1: Oh, I don't see. I should rephrase what I said. I just don't see the offense winning them a game, and and you know your defense isn't going to win you six seven games a year. They can keep you in that many, but they're not going to win you straight out. I just don't see their offense putting up the numbers necessary to win in this league.
0: Yeah, that that doesn't happen often in I mean, the uh, Canadian you're, football you're, you're, league. I mean, you're not going to you win. You're more. not going to win
1: <laughs> enough games to get into playoffs. Winning eighteen yeah. to, to fifteen. That's not going to
0: happen. They're not going to win. You know, 42 to forty. It would be like
1: no. They're going to lose forty two to four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was gonna say if they win like ugly, yeah. you know, eighteen to thirteen or something like that. Yeah. Um they're going to need to control the ball. That's all it comes down to. And Paul Laplace has become very good at that. Although that was in Winnipeg, yeah. and there was a different Who's, group there. Who, who
1: that, is controlling the ball on this offense between the like, you yeah. need to have a running back, and you got Timothy Flanders, Moses. Med- like, what are we doing? I don't even think I don't even know why we're talking about. Him.
0: <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? You hate this team. You hate. This I team. hate this team so much right now. And <laughs> it, it appears Brandon Gallanders is a little bit banged up as well. Oh, perfect! That's just
1: what they need at the um, running back position. <laughs>
0: Like, it's it's all on Matt Nichols to protect the ball. <laughs> like, that's what has to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. Anthony Coombs finally comes in. He's healthy. He's a bit of a Swiss Army knife yep. on the offense. I just see it being a real struggle for them. Yeah. They, they lost two very good offensive linemen. Evan Johnson goes to Saskatchewan. Alex Mateus ends up retiring. Um, Brad Sinopoli retires.
1: Caleb Hawley's gone. <laughs> the
0: offense is is very hurting unit. And you talked about
1: you talked about the additions that they have on defense. Like they still lose Anthony Chaffee. Which I mean Yeah it's not an easy guy to replace. Uh I mean the amount of guys they've brought in though, I mean you do it by committee but i just i just don't see how this team is going to be successful if if you want to if you want to play a, a ball control game you need to have a running game i just don't see how they're going to do that
0: mhm as far as uh Maybe a new name to watch, receiver Ryan Davis, coming from Auburn. Mm -hmm. He was actually one of the Patriots' final cuts in New England in 2019. Played for the Tampa Vipers in the XFL with Mark Tressman. He's Auburn's all-time leader in receptions, and they're trying to to maybe find a receiver. They had 19 receivers (laughs) at training camp. Somebody needs to stick out, right? <laughs> or it's just going to be a muddy mess. Right, right. Like, uh, I know some people are excited about Daniel Peterman, uh, went to McMaster. I mean. F- comes to com- – may- may- maybe he's their new Canadian uh, that the Matt Nichols will look to. I'm not sure. But uh, the offense doesn't excite me. I, no. I'm trying. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna be I'm doing gonna, my best Ty. It's gonna
1: be week four and we're gonna hear the old the cries for Dom Davis to start football games again. And I'm just not in
0: the mood. That can't happen.
1: You know what's going to if they're 0 and 4.
0: <laughs> Paul Lapolis has a tall order, doesn't he?
1: Oh. This is yeah. I just He's a great coach, but I mean, you look at the system and the players that he had, com- a yeah. completely different offensive set. Uh, you know, and a, a, you know a back that arguably is one of the the best we've ever seen, unaided or aided doesn't matter. Um, you know, the offensive line, <laughs> the offensive line that they built there, and you know, dominant offensive line. Yeah, they built that offense around the running game. And supplemented it with guys like Darvin Adams, who could stretch the field, and you know they bring in Nick Dembski, and, and you know they added pieces where they needed to and, and made it work for them. That that's not happening here in Ottawa. It's not. Uh, it might, but it's not happening this year. It's going to take a while. Uh, it's going to take us two or three years, and then you know we might start to see something that resembles. Um, a team, sim- I wouldn't call it similar to Winnipeg, but you know the same idea that he's trying to make, where he, you know he gets the needs to bring in a running back somehow uh, that note that can carry that can carry the workload. If you're gonna, because if you have Matt Nichols, you're gonna have to play a ball control game. Am I wrong?
0: You're not wrong. He's gonna
1: need to manage it. So I mean, oh, you said it this time. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, I have, and he zero hasn't faith. even
0: practiced in a week. <laughs>
1: Do you really need to practice three yard tosses to your running back though? <laughs> maybe Dom Davis, maybe Dom Davis starts week one.
0: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I, I will say this about Lapo. He will have the game plans yep. in place that he's not gonna get cheated. His players they'll be prepared. And if the game doesn't get away from them, they'll be able to fight. Yes. And uh, he'll he'll have a game plan in place for the players that he has. Yes. So uh, he's not going to get out
1: coached. Paul least will never get out coached. Nope. After nope, twenty, we know that or two thousand nine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, they'll be as ready as they can be. But it, I just don't.
1: I just don't think it's there. Yeah. I mean. Like we said, Lewis Lewis Ward is probably gonna be the highlight of this team again. Hey. Which I'm I'm totally I mean, fine if with. <laughs> if they can
0: get into field goal range. If they can get into field goal range, then that's probably a success for that offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean baby steps, right? Yeah. <laughs> this episode of two and out is brought to you by uh, the Calgary Foundation proudly supported community needs for 65 years. When you make a gift to the Calgary Foundation, it's a gift that keeps on giving. The Foundation's knowledgeable staff will provide advice on the community's most pressing needs, keeping your interests at heart and helping you give back in a way that is meaningful for you. Your contributions are invested in an endowment fund that provides a permanent source of funding allowing you to make an impact now and forever. If you're a professional advisor, creating a giving plan for a client or a donor wanting to give back to the community discover a wealth of resources at calgaryfoundation.org to learn more or check out calgary foundation's facebook twitter instagram and youtube channel there it is we are a week and a half away from the start of the 2021 season mm-hmm. and next week uh, just after the long weekend we'll be back with the west division preview of that's going to be a fun one too. That is <laughs>
1: like that's going to be a mess, but like a, in a good way. It's not going to be Ottawa Red Blacks. It's going to be like the the opposite end of the spectrum.
0: <laughs> have a fantastic long weekend. Uh, I guess does all of Canada have the long weekend? You work in the long weekend time? Oh, we don't
1: even know yet. I just got. Oh, you don't even know? I just all right. I just got back, man. All right, buddy. Have fun this week. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a blast. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, made, I made so many huge, tiny mistakes on the week off. Oh, did you? Well, I mean, I got home late a couple times. Like, How much well, weight by late, did you gain? By late, I mean early. Um, I, I think I only gained a pound because I came back home two and a half pounds lighter than when I came to camp. And I was a pound oh. heavier than when I got home, so... I mean, when you drink a beer, when you drink a bar out of Bud Light, you're bound to put on a pound or two.
0: <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.